0: I do appreciate Brother David and uh, Sister Caitlin speaking. Uh, We have um, uh, kind of, um, you know, everybody is in sort of the quandary of uh, listening, not knowing and um, hearing a variety of reports from the second wave is started to this is not the second wave it's the last part of the first wave and I don't know if it's the first wave or the third wave or the second wave or whatever but unfortunately we don't know um, some uh, things that normally we would have going on in the summer such as camps and Fellowship times, we've been kind of limited in those uh, capacities, but we have been, of course, uh, we still have utilities, we have the roof repair that we've been trying to deal with, and uh, things like that that are going on. But the Lord's been good to us, and He really has been a great blessing. And uh, I know um, I mentioned a few Sundays ago about how the children of Israel um, had to be quarantined for 40 years when they came out of the land of Egypt because they were so contaminated. They had such a virus if you will. And uh, I got to looking in the word of the Lord and if you have your Bibles or you uh, know that Exodus 14th chapter is the Exodus out of Egypt, the exit where they put the blood on the doorpost and they have the Passover and then the 15th chapter is uh, when they stand and sing the song of Moses and they see uh, the dead Egyptians destroyed and then when you get over into the 19th chapter and the 20th chapter, it's 50 days after Passover when Moses uh, goes up Mount Sinai and gets the Ten Commandments and the law. And uh, he's gone and comes down and they're already marching around a golden calf. And it's in that interim period between the 15th chapter when they had just seen 10 amazing miracles, not to mention the holding back of the water of the Red Sea and the destruction of Pharaoh and his armies, which would be uh, 11 and 12, if you will, of the miracles that the Lord would let the water come back. Not to mention all of a sudden a cloud appears over them and a pillar of fire at night. So uh, on the onset of this you would say unbelievable miraculous deliveries, unbelievable miraculous touches, unbelievable miracles that they did not just read about, that they experienced firsthand. And imagine if you will, if we were uh, hearing reports of people dying, and uh, our children were not dying. If we heard reports of uh, frogs everywhere and no frogs in our yards. Uh, Imagine, if you will, uh, hail and lice and all those miracles and then imagine, if you will, that we walk out and there's this miraculous holding of the water And then it destroys all of our enemies. And we have borrowed from our neighbors. And you would think that I could live for God for 50 days. That's less than two months. You would think after all of that, I would be able to have a praise on my heart to God and be able to trust God, you would think. I mean, you know, most of the time, Folks get a good touch. Well, it lasts, you know, they have a great miracle. Somebody all of a sudden has a miracle in their life. It lasts a few days. It lasts a few months. lasts, hopefully, a few years. Hopefully, it lasts the rest of their life. But you understand what I'm saying? Imagine within 50 days. And so the 17th chapter starts. All the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim." And the word Rephidim there means rest or refreshing. Um, Refreshment, rest. And so he brought them to a place of rest and there was no water for the people to drink. Now you would think, well. What are we going to do? Lord, did you not know you brought us here? You asked us. We're following the cloud. We're following the pillar of fire. Lord, you're guiding my footsteps. Lord, you promised you'd never leave me nor forsake me. So Lord, wherever you've got me, no matter what I'm going through, it's going to be all right, Lord. We've seen what you did to the Egyptians, Lord. But they didn't have that kind of attitude. Listen to what they said. This is why I said they had a virus. The people did chide with Moses. They got mad at Moses. Now Moses, I I guess it's amazing to me because they were following the cloud and the pillar of fire and they either thought Moses had this awesome ability to tell God where to bring him Or they did what we normally do. whenever thing doesn't go the way we like it, we find someone to blame. Now they blame the leader. You know, we can blame the president. We can blame the senators. We can blame the Congress. We can blame the Chinese. We can blame whomever. Uh, It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Uh, It's not me. It's Moses. If we wouldn't have had such a bad leader, everything would be all right. And they said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, what did he say? Why are you chiding me? What are you getting on to me for? Why would you, why would you chide me? Wherefore, and notice, go back to uh, the first, uh, that second Verse. Wherefore, chide ye with me, wherefore do you... What did he say? Tempt the Lord. Why? Because when you start blaming everybody else, if you're a child of God and God's brought you out, you're basically blaming God. Now, they didn't say anything about... God is being, God is bad, but they started blaming everybody else as if the Lord had no power in their lives. So when I say, I don't understand, everybody at work, I don't get it, everybody, eh," and I start blaming it. But wait a minute. Who got me the job? But wait a minute. The Lord said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. But wait a minute. Moses equated that with tempting the Lord. And next verse. He says, And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses. They grumbled and griped and murmured. And said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Don't you know you brought us up out of here? Well, if they really thought Moses did all of that, Moses was mighty powerful. (laughs) You know, I never... Never forget one time, and my mom and dad will remember, one time I had a lady call and said, it was back when Tylenol, you know, somebody had poisoned Tylenol. And, but they told us, don't anybody use Tylenol. I don't remember when that was. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, whatever, I don't know, late 80s, I don't, some of you may not remember that. Lady called up from church, in church. I happened to see her last week when I went to church there in Lono. Called me up. Called up and said, Oh, Pastor, please, could you pray? I have had a headache for three days. And I bought this Tylenol a couple months ago, and I've already taken some out of it but I'm so afraid to take this Tylenol. Could you pray that it will be okay for me to take the Tylenol? I said, now let me get this straight. I want to know exactly what I'm praying for. You don't want me to pray for your headache, but you want me to pray for the Tylenol not to be poisoned. Because you believe that my prayer is going to change that poison into Tylenol, but you don't believe that I really ought to pray. For... And she got tickled. And she said, No, just pray for my headache. That'll be all right. <laughs> well, what are you saying? You know, when you look back over your life, we ought to be able to see the hand of God. If you think, well, uh, by my smarts and by luck, well, it was luck that I made it. It was just fortuitous that I... Uh, you know what? You've missed the point. It hadn't been luck. It hadn't been just luck. It was, it was the hand of God in our lives. You know, we... We have a lot of people, and I was thinking as we were praying, Brother Tracy Keyes, Brother Richard Stratton, others that are in here that have gone through things and still need prayer, and yet I, I, I would hate for them to say, well, I, you know, I just have good genes. I just made it through it, or I just, it was luck. I just, made. no, hand of God has been in all of our lives. We ought to be able to say, I remember what God's done for me. When you forget what God's done for you, before long you get this disease of murmuring and complaining. Anyway, verse 4, Moses cried unto the Lord, What shall I do with this people they are ready to stone me? Now, look, look at that. They got extremely angry with Moses. And they were ready to become violent. They were ready to take up rocks and kill him. Deuteronomy the 8th chapter in the 2nd verse says, Deuteronomy 8 and 2 says, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to do what? To humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thy heart. Do you realize that some of the things that we go through are meant to humble us and are meant to prove us and are meant to show us what is in our heart so we can get it changed. God knows what's in my heart. It's not to show God what's in my heart. He, he knows the heart. But whenever something makes me mad and it just fires me up, it's for me to realize, you know what, maybe that's a little bit of an idol. Maybe I'm not, haven't submitted that part of my heart yet to the Lord, my emotions yet to the Lord. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Romans the fifth chapter talks about some of the things that we go through. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. We glory in tribulations, thank the Lord for tribulation, thank the Lord for COVID, thank the Lord for all that I'm going through right now, why, because it works patience, and this is New Testament now, go on, next verse, patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So sometimes what we're going through is not meant to destroy us, but it's meant to turn us to God, to pray more. It's meant, you know, the Lord led them to a place of rest where there was no water, hopefully, so they would say, oh Lord, we need water. And he was gonna give them water from the rock. He gave them water from the rock. That rock, Christ Jesus, the rock that followed them. And it was to show them his glory. You know, I don't like going through anything. I don't like going through any trial. I don't like having a test. I don't like having a pain. I don't like having COVID. I don't like having to find a mask that I like. I don't like washing my hands 12 teen times a day. You know, I don't like going to Walmart and trying to figure out, do I go this aisle or that way? <laughs> Drives me nuts. I get it, but you know what? <sighs> Glory and tribulations, By because Lord, whatever you're doing with all of this, let it work on us. If it's to reach some folks online, if it's to spread the gospel... If it's to be a blessing, I don't know what he's doing with all of it, but what I know is I want the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians the 4th chapter in the 17th verse. For our light affliction which is but for a moment works for us a far more exceeding. I don't want to hear those things. What I'm going through it, when I'm going through what I'm going through, I don't want to hear that the Lord could be working on me. Well, and what was amazing is they didn't even ask God they, uh, for anything. They just demanded of Moses, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the 15th verse. Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, I would gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more I love you, the less I'm loved by you. Have you ever noticed that the more you give to some people, the more they abuse you, mistreat you? I mean, here Moses had come back and come back, faced death. He had done everything he could for the children of Israel. He had faced Pharaoh. He had put his life on the line. And yet now they're ready to stone him. You're gonna you're gonna see in those of you that are scholars know they get mad over onions. And there's some folks that are just like that because they are so they have such a virus. That they can't be thankful in everything, give, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks. Oh, I'm not thankful for my sickness, I'm not thankful for this disease, but while I'm in it, I want to say, thank you, Lord. While we're going through COVID, while I'm preaching, I'm I'm thankful all of you are here tonight. I preach to Muppets. (laughs) Hallelujah. In everything. Well, why didn't it fill up on Wednesday night? Well, You know what? Hey, two or three, we got more than that here. But my point is, I'm so, so thankful. So, well... You know, Paul said, some, some folks, the more you give, the more they take advantage. And I understand that feeling, and that's how I'm sure Moses felt. Philippians, the second chapter, says, though, that we're supposed to do all, th- oh, this is New Testament. I, I wish this was Old Testament where we could get rid of it. Do nice things, do things that you like. Without what? Murmuring. Displ- complaining, Disputing? go ahead, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain neither labored in vain what are you saying Paul told the church that was going through so much the church of Philippians he talked to them about rejoicing and joy and all these things and here we are you know rejoice rejoice you know rejoice evermore all of those things verses were found in Philippians but he said do all things without murmuring and complaining complaining and disputing. And unfortunately, I failed that test this last few months. Huh? Oh, I don't want to have to go to the store. Look, they don't even have eggs. I've got to go from here to Kroger to Giant Eagle to the other Walmart to Aldi's. i got to go to all of them just in order to buy a loaf of bread and gallon of milk and butter and... Huh? Takes me all day to drive from one store to the next and none of them have it all. Lord, I thank you that I'm not having to walk. Huh? Lord, I thank you there's a store that I can get a loaf of bread from. May not have been this one, but I got a gallon of milk here. I'll find bread the next place. What? the Lord was working out some of the virus. Go back to Exodus 17, start verse 7. You can read about the water and the rock, but notice, if you will, verse 7, and he called the name of the place Masa and Meribah. Masa means testing. Place of trial, test. Meribah means arguing. because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord by asking the question, is the Lord among us or not? Wow. You know, there were times I prayed for these pews and chairs and I thought, Lord, I don't know if we'll ever be able to come back and use them. I don't know. Maybe you knew it was going to all pass over. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the Lord's going to come before we ever have another chance to meet. I pray, God, that you'll keep everybody full of the Holy Ghost. I pray they're worshiping at home. I pray they're raising their hands, getting the Holy Ghost at home. Why? Because I don't know. I pray they're going to make it. I pray they're going to hold on. It's a time of testing. You know, arguing (laughs) goes along with most tests. I don't know why I have to do that. Why me? Why would you do it to me, Lord? Then the next verse says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim, in the place of rest. They had renamed it Masa testing and Meribah arguing and then came Amalek. So, you know, the question becomes and I don't have the answer but did their murmuring allow open the door for God to allow Amalek to come? You know, first they needed water. First they needed food. They got manna. Then they needed water. Then they had conflict. And Amalek was a descendant of Esau. So this was like their cousins fighting them. Of course 400 years before. And but he said, because they asked the question, is the Lord among us or not? They asked, is God with us? And I know there have been times in the middle of a test, Lord, don't you see where I am? It's, we're, not, we're not any different than the disciples sometimes who say, Lord, don't you care that we perish? You're asleep in the boat. Aren't you going to wake up? What did the Lord tell the disciples? Oh, ye of little faith. Why? Because I'm a child of the king. I'm not supposed to have the same response as everybody else. Well, I know the world's going nuts. I know the anxiety level. I, I was reading on my phone, and 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 they talked about how the anxiety is increasing, and and people are are stressed out of their minds, and and they don't want to go back to work, and they they're, they're afraid now, and there's anxiety and stress, and 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 with the mental health issues, and I get it all. I'm not. But you know what? The church is not supposed to have that kind of response. Why? Because We've got the promises of God. The Lord's not going to leave us nor forsake us. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You say, Well, isn't it natural and normal to be stressed? Sure, but I got to keep praising the Lord. I got to keep remembering it. You know, Lord, but you are great. I'm hanging on to your promises, getting out the promise book. I'm going to say, I'm going to worship you again. Oh, Lord, what are you doing? Because Amalek came, and I don't know if Amalek, God allowed Amalek, put it in Amalek's mind. But I will tell you what Amalek did, and we'll get to it in a moment. We can read it in Deuteronomy, but we, we won't go there yet. But it was ho- horrible. Verse 9, of 17th chapter of, of Exodus and Moses said unto Joshua choose us out men and go out fight with Amalek tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand now that's an amazing story it's an amazing command here are people who have been slaves who've been building pyramids they are not an army I don't even know if they had any spears they weren't loaded with forty-fives for sure. They hadn't been trained to fight. I mean, Egypt does not train people that are slaves how to kill them. I mean, you know, let's not be stupid. They, far as we know, they didn't have shields, they didn't have spears, they didn't have bows and arrows. I don't know where you blacksmith you go to when you walk through water within 20 days of passing through the Red Sea. I don't know of what town, you know, Gun Shop 101, Spear and Arms Shop that you can walk up to and say, give us 5,000 swords. We want the best... Spanish steel there is. It just wasn't out there in the desert. Now, there weren't big trees where you can cut down and make even good strong wooden. This was the wilderness, folks. This is called the desert. Go out into the desert, escape, Sure, they carry gold, they carry jewels. You may say, well, some of them may have said, here, give you, I'll give you a sword. I don't know, they, there may have been some that did that. But in general, you wouldn't think in terms of these people having had any training, having had any kind of, and, and the Lord tells Moses to tell Joshua, go get some men and go fight them. That's kind of a suicide mission. Because you know Amalek is not coming here without arms. And he said I'm going to go stand on top of the hill with the rod of God. So what he was basically doing is defining two kinds of warfare that the children of Israel were going to have to engage in right from the very beginning. In order to fight the virus you've got to engage in Hand to hand combat, and you got to ha- engage in prayer on top of the hill. And you got to have, you got to be w- able to operate in both. You, you understand? Here they were. Now, when it came time to leave Egypt, the Lord didn't say, Fight the Egyptians, He didn't say, Kill all the soldiers. Maybe whenever they drowned, their arms floated and they picked them up off the side of the Red Sea. I don't know. But he didn't ask them to fight at all. Now, he's saying you're going to have to fight some. And you're going to have to take the journey to climb the hill and pray. Now, lift up your hands. And I know um, this balance between you know <clears throat> praying you know somebody says well I pray 8 hours a day I pray 10 hours a day well, I didn't have to work well that's wonderful but at some point you're gonna have to work and pray watch and pray you can't do all all by yourself without God without prayer you can't do all praying without Doing some hand-to-hand struggles. Well, I just want the Lord to immediately deliver me. I understand. Psalms 141st chapter talks about raising your hands and worshiping the Lord. I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. What is he saying? He's saying that sometimes I've got to stop my mouth from yapping. Because I need to pray more. I need to stop my complaining. O Lord, don't let me murmur. I figured out that's a good reason to wear a mask so that you don't gripe. Because you'll get, you know, you'll pass out from lack of oxygen. My wife said I need to wear a mask all the time. What are you saying? He said, set a watch before my mouth and I have to praise the Lord. Oh God, I raised my hands. Now I know I can, you know, just bow my head Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One eats the fastest, gets the most. Amen. Say a quick prayer. Now lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Whatever. But when you raise your hands, usually you're getting a little more serious about it. And what the Lord wanted to give them was a visual object lesson that when an enemy comes against you, you've got to get serious on the mountain right. and you've got to get serious in the valley. Right. You've got to get well, be willing to get down there and say, I'm not doing it. I'm setting up a boundary. I'm going to fight my way through this. I, the Lord's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. I've told folks, sometimes you've got to You've heard me, you know, read the Bible out loud and shake your fist at the devil and point your finger at him and say, devil, get behind me. Then you got to turn around and raise your hands and make sure you're adding the prayer to it. Paul told Timothy, second chapter, his first epistle, the eighth verse, I will therefore that men pray, Everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now I know we don't, I don't do that. I don't go to a restaurant. Okay, everybody raise my hand. One reason is because I don't go to a restaurant anymore. But I didn't do all that before. But you know what? I'm going to just tell you, if somebody passed out in a restaurant, fall over, I, I hope I'm not too afraid to say, Lord, in Jesus' name, touch whoever it is. Oh, well, I wouldn't want them to think I... Let me just tell you something. In everywhere, without rat anymore, we need the Lord in every aspect of our lives. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to feel... You say, well, I don't want anybody to feel bad. Well, I'm not... Telling them they're going to hell. I'm not telling them they're, but I need the Lord. I know how, I know what prayer does for me. Yes. Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 16th verse says it like this Let us therefore come, how? Boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. Verse 10. He said he's going to have the rod of God in verse ten. So Joshua did as Moses said said unto him. It's amazing how Joshua just simply obeyed Moses and fought with Amalek and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And the reason I I, I I I stop here is because you know. Joshua had the discipline of just obeying. I mean, Moses, is this really a good idea? We've never really fought anybody before. We haven't had to fight Egyptians. Are you sure? Now, now wait a minute, Moses. Think about it. Are you sure? You you know, we don't really have that many swords or shields or spears, and those guys As a matter of fact, let me tell you, those guys really haven't been that bad to us. Deuteronomy tells us exactly who Amalek came. The Lord had Moses tell the children of these people who this was that caused this first battle. Deuteronomy the 27th chapter and verse 17, I believe it is, is it Deuteronomy uh, 24 verse 17 Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger or the fatherless, nor take the widow's raiment to pledge. Verse 18. Nope, that's not the verse. It might be 27. Uh, Deuteronomy. let, Let me... Deuteronomy, the 25th chapter, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 25 and verse 17, 18, and 19. I put 24, my my bad. Deuteronomy 25, he said, Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt. Verse 18, how he met you by the way, and and where did Amalek attack? The hind parts, those that were dragging up, who would that be? If we all said we're going to run a race today, who would typically you think be the last? The older folks, the little kids, huh? The feeble. When thou wast faint and weary, why didn't Joshua say, Moses, you know, do we really need? I mean, they're the weak, they're the feeble. Okay, they'll kill a few of them. Let's not get crazy here. Huh? He simply obeyed. Notice the next verse, verse 19. Therefore, it shall be when the Lord hath given thee rest from all thy enemies round about in the land, the Lord God hath given thee for an inheritance possessor, shall not blot out the rem- for thou shalt not, thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, and thou shalt not forget it. Now, what's amazing about that is finally, under David, the, the Amalekites were all killed. Saul was killed by an Amalekite. But the point of it all is, he said, Amalek, and you, you know what the devil always tries to get you when you're the weakest? Oh, but let me just tell you, that's why you need the body. That's why you need the church. That's why you come. You say, pray for me. Why? Why? I'm I'm going through it I'm sorry I need I can't always pray but I can come I was glad when they said unto me let us go why because there's something about the strength of the body something about the strength of the presence of Almighty God somebody may be able to help help pray when I can't pray and so he said you you know the edge dwellers. Amalek was not Amalek, and I, I'm going to just tell you, the devil doesn't fight by the by right rules. Amalek didn't line up and say, "Okay, send me your best. We'll fight our two armies." Amalek was doing what it could to attack civilians. The weakest, the most feeble, the most faint. Sometimes I wonder, people say, well, I don't understand why the devil you know, will hit you when you're... Well, that's because he, he doesn't play fair. But that's why you keep praising the Lord. Go back to Exodus and we'll, we'll go through this chapter. 11th verse, it came to pass, Moses held up his hand. You remember the story, Israel prevailed. Exodus 24 and 11, I mean 17 and 11. When he let him down, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone, put it under him. He sat there on. Aaron and Hur held up his hands. And I appreciate, I know we've had people that have held us up in prayer and been praying for us and we felt the prayer and and we're praying for one another and we have prayer and you know I try to give out lists for prayer and let people know and yet it seems like from one week to the next the list just multiplies, doubles, triples. That's why you need the body. Why? Because we're praying one for another. One on one side, one on the other till the going down of the sun. Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people. It was almost like if Joshua would look up, he could see Moses with his hands up and it gave him encouragement. And I want to tell you, that's what the body can do. And I realize, some people say, well, you know, just knowing that the church is praying, just seeing the list, just hearing my name, just calling my name out every once in a while. I get it. I know we could call out names for an hour and a half and not pray at all. You know, that always bugs me. It's like if we have ten minutes of prayer request and two minutes of prayer, I say, Lord, we're off track. Huh? We need to have ten minutes of prayer, two minutes of request. What are you saying? Why? Because the prayer is what's important. Holding your hands up, asking God to touch and move. Verse 14, and the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book, rehearse it in the ears for Joshua, for I will utterly put out of the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi, which is the Lord is our banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So this first battle, that the children of Israel actually had to fight reveals a new name for God. And what is that name? The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my flag the name of the Lord. That's the, that I fly under. I know they were first called Christians and I, that was not a nice name. And yet you know what? God is my banner. The hell, oh, Isaiah 11th chapter, 10th verse uh, says it like this. Isaiah 11 10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign or a banner of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious Psalm 60th chapter fourth verse some of these verses in Song of Solomon you'll be able to quote thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee that it may be displayed because of the truth that's why I know we used to have bumper stickers, people of the name and all those. One, well, you know, I, I'm not telling you got to do that and let everybody know WWJG, but I'm going to tell you, the more we get near the coming of the Lord, I want everybody to know I'm flying under a different flag. It's not a Republican flag. It's not a Democrat flag. It's not a United States flag. It's not Australia. The Lord is my King, <laughs> the Lord is who I serve. Oh, well, I want everybody to know that I, my flag, and we've got them flying everywhere, and I want you to know what I'm flying and what flag I'm supporting, and I'm going to travel around the country to let you know. I Oh, I wish that we, as the people of God, would get that kind of desire. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. <laughs> the Lord is my banner. Song of Solomon, the second chapter and the fourth verse, you say, but aren't there you know, problems and things that we ought to fight for? Sure, I'm against uh, racism, I'm against abortion, I'm against all those terrible things, but all in all, the Lord is my banner. He brought me into his banqueting house, his banner over me. So, well, I want everybody to know I support this cause. I want everybody to know that the Lord one day brought me out of the deep miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to say, I want everybody to know what the Lord has done for me. If you feel like, well, I got to support every cause in the world, the Lord is my banner. That was what he said. The name of it is Jehovah Nissi. What are you saying? My mother used to love to quote this verse: Psalm Proverbs 18: Chapter and 10th verse. Remember it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the just saying the name. Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. He the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Psalms 113. I'm through. Verses 1 through 4 says it like this. Praise ye the Lord. Praise. O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Next verse. Verse 2. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore for from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. The name. I'm so glad I've been buried in the name of the Lord. Huh? The name of the Lord is to be praised. Next verse. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory above the heavens. Last few verses found in Philippians, the second chapter, starting at verse 9. What are you saying? Wherefore God hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every now that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow COVID has to stop at the name of Jesus stage 4 cancer has to submit itself To the name of Jesus. You say, well, why didn't he do that? I don't know why he doesn't stop every virus, why he doesn't stop every cancer. But I'm here to tell you that there is not a name that is greater or higher than the name of Jesus.